What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Uh, today's guest is Miss Jacqueline Rose. She joined us in-house uh, for this episode. Local San Diego artist who um, whose work I found out about a couple years ago, at least. Um, we only just recently met at a uh, mega drawing rally um, being held at uh, the San Diego Art Institute space in Balboa Park. Um, she makes really rad work. Uh, I refer to it as um, alternative. What, is, what was the phrase? I, I used a fucking phrase like alternative mediums. Um, I've had some artists on the show who have used uh, less traditional mediums to do uh, all sort of traditional work. Um, so we'll get into that. Let's see what else did we talk about. I wrote down a list of things we talked about. We talked about um, HGTV, unfunny, happy people, thinking time, internet policy, disinformation, thrift store art, uh, Rachel, loudmouthitis, burnt bridges, Catholic guilt, public peeing, so drawing, daffy ducking, and dirty, filthy show. So, as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxWire.com. You can click on the podcast there, and you can um, listen to episodes right through my website. I actually host I, – whenever I tell people this, they, like, look at me like I'm crazy, but I actually host all the, the files on my own website. A lot of people will use uh, sort of outside uh, – like SoundCloud or, like, other – other websites to to host all the uh the mp3s or whatever um i do that right through my site so you can listen right there you can listen on stitcher if uh if you don't like itunes um and i'm i've been in the process of uploading old episodes up onto youtube um i don't know if you guys have checked that out and it's it, there's no video but i make uh just uh you know like i, I post a bunch of their photos into the video and it does a little like time lapse thing showing you their work. So if you if you want to be able to get some visuals of the work that's being talked about on the show, you can go watch the YouTube videos, um, or you can just play them and listen to them in the background just the same way as uh, you would a podcast. Uh, and I try to get that stuff up there so that there's like an archive of it. Um, since I do host the site on or the show on my site. If my site goes down, I guess like all that stuff would float off into the ether somehow. Um, so I'm trying to get all that stuff up onto YouTube as a sort of a backup and another option for people who don't do the iTunes. Uh, I know it's been, I think it's been almost two months since the last episode. Uh, apologies. I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere around. It's funny. I, I do an interview and then, you know, or I say interview, but it, feels more like a conversation um when i do them I, I i really enjoy it the people who have the conversations with me uh seem to enjoy it and uh the people out there listening like to enjoy it too but uh but in terms of time i, I god i do this every fucking beginning i would love to do them every day if i could unfortunately i can't so and I, it's fine. We talk. It's a really wrangling cats to get artists all together in one particular area to to record something. So um, here's a new episode. Uh, I'll try to do another one within the month. Uh, it, it, I what I what I was meaning to say is that I get like a sort of energetic value that it's like, oh, keep doing more, keep doing more. 
and then reality comes into play and I realize that I have like six paintings that I need to finish in the next like two minutes and um and yeah, so podcasts kind of get sidelined. I haven't been listening to a ton of podcasts. You, you guys are still out there, right? You guys are still listening? Okay, good, good. All right. So, Miss Jacqueline Rose is a badass motherfucker. She's making me a patch for my gi, which I'm super psyched on. Um, and she's a really rad artist and a, a cool person. I actually kind of – I said she might be a sort of female version of my personality, which is really strange to think about. Um, but yeah, I, she's super cool, makes rad work and we're going to get ready for, there's uh on October 18th, I believe at La Bodega Gallery is the filthy, dirty, filthy, dirty, 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 filthy show, um, which I will be having some pieces in, which I'm going to start working on today as soon as I'm done with this intro. So I should probably stop talking and make some more art. So like I said, check out MikeMaxWater.com. Click on the podcast. Get all the information over there. It's a PayPal link if you want to uh, donate to the podcast. Uh, thanks to my dude, Adriel, for uh, dropping uh, a dime on the, the podcast. Let's, this episode is, uh, is sponsored by him. So, shit, I should try to go find his website really fast. Just talk amongst yourselves or just with yourself. Uh, check him out on uh, – fuck, I don't know what his Facebook is or his uh, – his website but go you can find him on facebook adriel restrepo and i'm probably not enunciating his name properly it's a difficult name but it's a d r i e l r e s t r e p o um check out his stuff he makes a bunch of cool psychedelic art uh that you might be into so uh shout out to him and let's fucking jump right in oh shout out to producer lex who came through with the extra mic uh, hopefully you're listening to this episode in headphones. Uh, when I was recording, it seemed to record a little bit low, and of course I'm loud as shit. Um, so Jacqueline's voice came out a little low, but it, when I listened to it in the headphones, sounded just fine. So if you're listening to this episode, throw on some headphones, um, and hopefully everything comes through sweet and and great. All right, all right, good. Uh, so, without further ado, Miss Jacqueline Rose. Alright. We may or may not have had some technical difficulties there. You just cut in and <laughs> Again, with the technical difficulties. Is that any better? Yeah, you're in there now. Okay. Everything's starting to fall apart on me here. Uh, it... I've reached a, a point where all technology is starting to become outdated mm-hmm. way faster than I have the capabilities of updating it. Yeah. Um, and this seems to be a problem. Like, my computer is... Summer. It's the fucking future. It should be able to work just fine. But it's... It it's w- only it, designed to work for two years. It's planned <laughs> obsolescence for yeah. sure. Uh, but it's like the fucking, I, I mean, if you look at behind me and see my TV, I still have a fucking humongous box TV. Awesome. Yes. It works fine. It works fine. Yeah. Except for now, like sometimes some shows are on the widescreen format and like I get a little bit cut off cause it's oh, square. Yeah. It's like Instagram. Over I there. hate the way that th- I don't have a television, but I hate the way that the HD TV looks. 
I think it looks like everything's shot in awful handheld reality TV. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I gross, like it's too real. I like the fact that celebrities aren't looking like celebrities. That's true. I like that as like well. Like they're getting like knocked down to like us yeah. regular folks status because it's like, yeah, oh, you don't have all like the film tricks to yeah. like er- and they all hate it. Same with the porn stars. They're not too happy about the HD as well. Really? Uh, yeah. They're so plasticized anyway, though. They I should know. be fine. So it. I have no idea where we stopped at. Or, or we ev- may be starting over. I know. <laughs> we are starting over. It, it's very likely awesome. that the first 11 minutes could be gone. I, if it, you know, if it is, it, it's, it's gone. It's yeah. in the fucking ether. Yeah. It's out there. <laughs> We have it in our brains, but uh, so like I don't know. We don't need really need to go back over what we went over already, just okay. in case it still is actually there. Yeah. Um. So, I, where did we start? What were we talking about when we? Uh, do you remember? It's so hard. I think to we were talking about Lenny Bruce. Yeah, and we you were talking about painting him, and how he ended up just reading law books on stage. <laughs> That's we were. So I I think I was giving some diatribe about being oneself. Yes. Uh, and using Lenny Bruce as one of those, yeah. like, starting points. And and even, like, you know, th- that's stand-up comedy. I just, you know, I've always thought of comedians as being, like, really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, I I hear the sadness in it because yeah. I sort of understand where they're coming from, like, the self-deprecation. And Happy people aren't funny, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> people that don't, uh, don't have... That inner voice that's constantly questioning them and criticizing them. Those people aren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we were talking about, like bipolarism. And, yeah. you know, like there's something to the fact of when you take some time to focus on any sort of one particular aspect, you could get really mad about something. You could get really sad about something. You yeah. could get really happy about something. And there that that far stretch from one to the other seems to sort of be a common bond among people who um, are creative. And I sort of, you know, I'm no psychologist, but I tend to, I I tend to see that as being common amongst these people because of the amount of time, like sitting and thinking. And it's funny, we were talking about uh, cannabis before and some of like, the the moments where you just sit and like stare and think about four a subject hours, for a hour. long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if some of that plays into these things to where you're sort of, you know, almost placing yourself in one particular aspect of life and eventually you're going to come out of that, you know, as you come back into your, you know, position of life or whatever yeah. in terms of just thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, does that, you know, so uh, let's see. So there's a lot of stuff that comes up a lot, like political stuff, like the yeah. way our country acts uh, in other countries, oh. you know, like there's yeah. there's so much that drives people like me, like insane. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like fucking there's nothing you could do about there's it. There's nothing I've stuck except for like sit and think. Right. Yeah. Well, I used to listen to Democracy Now! every day and listen to hours of NPR a day and feel enraged all the time that's i just posted a democracy now video this morning on facebook i don't listen to it anymore well it was actually from 2007 (laughs) it was the uh uh i forget her name but i always listen to her show the the brown haired lady yeah yeah i'm so terrible with names uh 
she no, had. No, I just mixed Amy Goodman with Terry Gross. I think. <laughs> yeah, you put two names together. Yeah. See, it's okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so like she had uh, former General uh, Wesley. I forget. I, I see it again. I'm not going to remember yeah. his name. But he talked about how there was a list of countries that we were going to invade in the next five years. Awesome. And we just started bombing <laughs> Syria yesterday again. Well, we attempted to a year ago. Uh. And somehow the internet stopped that shit. Like enough people complained and made <laughs> a fucking fuss. Right? Like it sounds so strange to say. But that might be where we go. Like p- the way public opinion works. Like public opinion might have more strength That'd be awesome. The country with the most likes on Facebook gets their way. Gets their way. <laughs> like it, it's not, it's not <laughs> unfathomable. No, not at all. And it's funny too because I just I just watched this film called Mirage Men. I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Documentary about um, counter, uh, not counterintelligence, uh, disinformation, uh, and like agents of disinformation mm-hmm. who work within you know, the military industrial complex. Yeah. Uh, there was a group of people who had got some film footage of what later turned out to be like military vehicles, like what we see now, like drones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the time that the, that the guys were recording, the stealth bomber was being designed and, and made and tested and they were crashing a bunch of them out in New Mexico. Yeah. And so a couple people who were very much into the whole alien uh, and UFO extraterrestrial like community Mm -hmm. uh, got like actual footage of some military, uh, you know, experiments that they didn't want, you know, like the Russians or whatever, like foreign countries to get information about whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they act, they, they have these people who work within the, the group who go and talk to these people who are like the fringe types, but who have like kind of a following who seem to know a little bit of information, yeah. but like are more on the fringe aspect mm-hmm. and they start feeding them information. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so then those people like go to conferences and go to like these like meetings and things and start sharing this information that they got from, you know, the FBI and the, you know, from official military sources, awesome. they're, pr- they're making <laughs> papers that they're bringing to them and yeah. like, and so like a part of me thinks like okay we're all kind of figuring out that like everything is sort of manipulated Mm -hmm. and if we get to a point where our you know facebook likes air quote or whatever like actually like makes change within a government system it could it seems it, it seems crazy but it could be a step forward it could because we're at a point where it's just basically a couple billionaires who are dictating policy. Yeah, it's it's a dysfunctional system to say the least. <laughs> I don't, but, you know, and that doesn't really have much to do with art. But I think yeah. in terms of like thinking about different subjects, and you know, I don't, I, I know we were talking about like that's I just remember we were talking about how selling work, uh, like giving up like explanations mm-hmm. about things. <laughs> Uh, I found that I could do like an anti-war piece and have like pro-patriotism, like pro-war, like vet types who like want to buy the work. It's the best. I've made really sarcastic technology jokes 
and I sell them to people that are like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm like, and yeah, now I'm on your wall making fun of you in your house. Awesome. Yeah. So that's what I, that was. So we were talking about like whether it's like beneficial or if it hurts you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes think I just talk people right out of things yeah. if I if I, I divulge too mean. much information. Sometimes it's good to just keep your mouth shut and smile and nod. Yes, that's exactly what. But I it's felt. important <laughs> not to not be yourself. That's the point yeah. of today, I think. I agree. And sometimes if you do, if you don't like explain yourself, then maybe you're doing yourself a disservice in the long run, yeah. maybe. But sometimes it is funny. It is funny to have your own message in that person's home. Yeah, just be totally misconstrued. Ideological standpoint. And again, that's also the beauty of like making things yeah. that people can attach themselves to on some level of their own. Yeah, you want people to have their own personal relationship with it, I yeah. think. And, you know, it, that's what I would like. I know a lot of people get attached to their work once it's gone. And with the, the people who have it now, like it's about them. Like it's yeah. no longer like an attachment to self. It's yeah. like whatever their story is. I, know. I do think about all the little pieces that are out and there in the are, world. Yeah. yeah, I do too. So many of mine have made them made it made their way to countries I haven't been to yet. And I'm jealous. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> yeah. It's such a strange thing, especially like, I, you know, of I know for me, like making things that are going to be here long after I die has yeah. for some reason been important. And of course, that probably has some like fear of death, uh, like wanting to be like something like historical or something. Yeah. You know, is that do you think that's another common bond among? I don't know. For me, I always think of my stuff ending up in a thrift store and someone finding it and being like, what? weirdo made this 50 <laughs> years ago <laughs> i've almost wanted to donate pieces to a thrift store just to make that happen yeah a little I have. Faster. you have yeah. you're so rad <laughs> i like the idea of it oh but going back um i wanted to mention to you because i thought it was funny we almost talked about it before we got on we uh -huh. spoke about where my instagram name came from oh yeah yeah not yeah my actual name yes i think so, that might be right when we uh, yeah i, I look think down. so so people that i know in so Korea, what is your instagram it's name it's but spell it uh, R-A-C-H-M-O-N-E-S. I had it being almost like French, nice. like a Monet, but like <laughs> that type of like enunciation on the S yeah. at the end. Awesome. But then it was also Rach Moans. Well, that's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. I, very good friends of mine that I won't see for a while. I will see them and they'll be like, oh, Rachel. Like, are you fucking serious? You've known me for years. But the insta the internet has superseded your perception of me to the yeah. point where you are calling me Rachel. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Real? That's like, real? That's real. That's happened to me <laughs> many times. <laughs> it happened to me the other day at a friend's house where they were making me dinner. My friend's boyfriend walked in who I've known for a long time. He's oh, like, oh, Rachel. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is hilarious. <laughs> and that goes back to the perception thing. Like yeah. it's because that's like, who you become to that person because they're that's where they're seeing you every day. They don't see you every day in real life, but they see you every day on the internet. In a way. Yeah, so that becomes who you are. Like it, it's very and I this is something I've been a little bit concerned about. Because I and again, back to being open and yeah. honest about your feelings, I you know, or you know, your opinions or whatever. I when at the drawing show, uh uh, Terry Beth Mitchell came up. She's one of the artists that was drawing. Okay. She actually thanked me for some of like the stuff that I post, you know, awesome. in terms of like, you know, s maybe some things that are a bit more outspoken That's or like rad. they go against the grain of like common, you know, yeah. the, the common theme or whatever. And I have been concerned that like some of the things that I could say could be so brash or, you know, like, 
I'm typical to like question people's like strict opinion or like whatever, yeah. like their beliefs. And I know that that has a tendency to alienate some people, mm-hmm. you know, and if uh, no one wants to be told they're wrong, number one. Yeah. And a lot of times if you question somebody, the immediate assumption is that you're saying that they're wrong. Yeah. So I, I, I know from, again, I'm not a, terribly good business person either (laughs) so like i know that some of these things have affected me yeah and you know maybe somebody who is selling pizzas or whatever is going to be like i'm going to play the game to get my money and do my thing but a part of me feels like even the opinions that i put out like on facebook or twitter or whatever are still like part of the art yeah and it's hard too you want if you're i think you're opinionated as well i'm yeah. very opinionated and you want to be yourself and be open but at the same time i don't want to alienate people i think that's something i've more come to as an adult of thinking oh well i want to give people my opinion but i don't want to make anyone feel like their opinion is wrong because they're not everyone's opinion is valid yeah, i'm pretty sure everyone's opinion is wrong uh, i don't know <laughs> i'm there are a couple of extremes, obviously, where no, if you sure hold not. this opinion, if you, you know, I don't even want to bring up the clearly wrong opinions. But other than that, I mean, I always bring up the Wu Tang line that how could he know what the fuck he never knew? Yeah, and <laughs> that's, that's a good one. yeah, that's my <laughs> compassion line. Yeah. For that's my like empathetic like you're exactly who you've become. Like, although I know there's personal responsibilities that we need to take for ourselves, and but we're all exactly sort of who we're meant to be. Yeah. I don't really believe in like a, you know, like a destiny or that sort of thing, but this I've been coming to grips with maybe the same thing with age with like accepting people for who they are yeah. instead of, and it's funny that I'm, I'm talking about like so much about like being yourself and being honest and yeah. whatever, but still at the same time on the flip side of the coin, like I'm super judgmental. Of course. Like it, particularly to people who are uh, less considerate to others mm-hmm. in our society. Totally. Um, but a part of me still has to go back and be like, even like say like the most racist, like Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah. That person's opinion's not valid. <laughs> no, I, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you are who you are due to the circumstances from which you were born in. And again, there's personal responsibilities. You know, there's uh, this sort of idea of like self-enlightenment that you should be able to pick yourself up and look at yourself from outside, you know. But again, that's hard. And that goes back to like people not wanting to be wrong. Like if you have this opinion of yourself that you're doing everything exactly how you should – it's sometimes more difficult to like question your own self. Yeah. And then if I hate you for being a KKK member, then you've won because you've taken your hate and incited hatred in me. So it's the same thing. (laughs) It's the same thing. So a part of me is like, okay, like start to learn to accept people for who they are. But there's still times it's like, like if somebody cuts somebody else off in traffic, (laughs) like, or does something like that's a danger to other people. Yeah. Mostly in consideration. Yeah, I think you have a sense of self-righteousness and so do I. You always want to, you're wrong. Or yeah. You're, you're not doing the right thing. I have. I have There's got to be better <laughs> angles, right? Yeah. Like better ways to address certain situations. Yeah, well, I, I think that I have the uh, 
the inclination to be a little bullyish about it and stick bullyish. Confrontational? I'm confrontational, to be honest. I know that some people aren't, and I'm kind of jealous of them for being non-confrontational. Yeah. I'm very confrontational. In fact, at the drawing show, <laughs> I, in fact, that was before we even said hello. Oh, yeah, that guy I had walked, me. yeah, I walked up, <laughs> and I was taking a photo of you uh, doing a drawing on your sewing <laughs> yeah. machine. Do you call them drawings? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, and he fucking, I could tell, like, I'm very good at reading body language from mm -hmm. without hearing the words that are being said. Yeah. Something comes with like poker and like just yeah. watching people in general. Like you get the, the body language situation totally. and I could tell that something was not <laughs> right. I could tell that the, the guy was really drunk too. He had that like stare through you sort of oh, look. Okay, yeah. I've seen that shithead before. Oh, I, I don't know where I've seen before. that shithead. <laughs> <laughs> probably like other shows or something I've, I've definitely if i haven't seen him i've seen his type uh, you know what i mean yeah so he said something douchey to you something several shitty douchey several douchey yeah. and i what i heard was like i don't need to like i heard you like confront him on it <laughs> and i was like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and of course i didn't hear and we don't even need to bring it up yeah. but like the idea that i saw you like i i could tell that you were standing up for yourself and being like i don't need your bullshit like get yeah. the fuck out of my face like as soon as i, I was like <laughs> fuck yeah that's awesome i think that's why people tend to maybe think that i'm more aggressive or more of a bitch than i am is because they will tell someone like no shut the fuck up or whatnot yeah but yeah in yeah general I'm surprised I'm you haven't nice told person. me to shut the fuck up no. yet. <laughs> Not at all. It, we're, we're only 19 minutes into the oh. second session. Okay, so good. We still got time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like I think all, all that seems to sort of flow and come along with these like creative outlets. Yeah. Um, when did – so in case it's not on here, you do um, figurative work. I do. Using your sewing machine, mm -hmm. um, what do you, do you usually work onto canvas or is it materials? Uh, no, it's uh, generally old tablecloths that I find at the thrift store. I use predominantly recycled materials. I can't use recycled thread anymore because it will break while I'm sewing, and that'll break my heart if I'm in the middle of yeah. a crucial line and the thread breaks. It's never going to be the same. So I've started to uh, I started a long time ago to use new thread, but otherwise, if I can, I try to use recycled materials. Well. I find your work one looks really difficult. Thanks. Like if some, and it's, it's funny that the, the difference, if uh, you did like a line drawing with a pencil mm -hmm. in the same way, you're, it wouldn't uh, be the same. Yeah. It would, there's a definitely a different sense. So I, I'm curious what sort of led into that medium mm -hmm. as opposed to something more traditional. I was sewing dresses when I started doing that. So mm -hmm. I was already sewing for eight to 10 hours a day. I was all into making one of a kind dresses out of recycled materials and I was selling them. And some uh, two guy friends of mine moved into a new house and they needed uh, curtains and they bought some really awesome fabric. And I was like, oh, I'll sew it for you guys. And I took the fabric home, made them curtains and pillows and had some leftovers and thought, oh, I want to make my friends something cute for their house. And I made them a little doll and for the face, I drew the face with my machine. And that was the first time that I did that. And it was really fun. And pretty much from then on, I just every day started trying to learn how to draw with my machine. And it right. snowballed from there. Because you got to work kind of fast, right? Like, I mean, there it's a funny. There's a, an interesting connection. And I, I actually brought this up. Uh, I brought it up somebody. But there's an interesting connection to tattooing and yeah. sort of sewing. Like, I it has a similarity. really would like to learn how to tattoo. Yeah, but I never. It's fucking hard. 
I've done some. I've done the uh, work with homemade drunk whiskey guns, <laughs> and I've done some sticky. That drives me. <laughs> that drives people who are like tattoo like purist types. Yeah. So crazy. Like all the stick and poke shit. <laughs> like I see so many like photos that pop up in the feed of people like pretending that a lighter on the end of a fucking needle is sterilizing something. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> like no gloves. Like th- their hand, you could see the dirt under their fingernails. I'm just like, you guys are so <laughs> fucking disgusting, and you're all gonna get hepatitis. It's so much fun though. <laughs> but that's just like, I did an apprenticeship mm-hmm. when Where? I was uh, it, in downtown at a shop that's no longer. It's okay. not the there's a shop there, but it's no longer the same shop. Uh, but I did a full year apprenticeship and started tattooing. I was like, fuck this shit. Oh, I'm out. The uh, the curvature of sk- and the stretch of skin, I can't imagine. But I w- and you know it's weird, and I don't know. I guess for you, you have. I always bring this up that the the real thing with tattooing is that there's no stopping point. Mm-hmm. So I guess for you, you probably feel the stopping point of the needle hitting the the bottom side of the machine, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's not just a space. It's there's a stopping. No, that's point. happening. Yeah, I'm controlling the speed and the movement of the fabric. But yeah, yeah. it's going up and down on it. Yeah, going. In and out of skin, fucking gnarly, (laughs) and like just it's just a smidge off ruins the whole thing. That's why I don't have any tattoos. (laughs) I've tattooed myself a bunch of times, but I was tattooing people, but I was doing like all the worst tattoos that came into the shop, like that nobody wanted to do, and I was like, fuck this shit. Just like the tribal bands. Oh yeah, my. I think the first one I did was the women's bathroom logo, like the restroom <laughs> logo. Yeah. It was not very good. I, I did it. a few. Ri- I did some bad tattoos. <laughs> I'm curious to see. Speaking of, we were talking about paintings that are floating around. Oh, goodness. I, somewhere and all of a sudden it pops up and you know you, you, you're responsible for that. I, there's a couple. <laughs> I tattooed my cousin. I got to see that one kind of regularly. Yeah tattooed my brother-in-law do they like the tattoos because that's really all that matters yeah 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 everybody loves their tattoos there's something that happens it's it's a weird uh sort of exchange that yeah i you know of course people have bad experiences but if like you know your tattoo artist on some level Mm -hmm. like almost everything has like a sentimental value yeah and there's something that happens that even if it's bad you still kind of love it like all my bad tattoos like i still kind of love them that's rad because it has, it, again, we talked about earlier, like, the attachment to, like, that's who you were, motherfucker. Like, yeah. don't try to front and, like you're somebody else and, yeah. you know, act like you're cooler than that now or whatever. I've always thought that eventually I'll start tattooing mo- all my friends' works on me that I uh-huh. love just to have those people connected to me, too. But then uh, you and I were talking earlier about burnt bridges. I do have the slight fear of what if you get in a fight with that person Fuck that person yeah. really dicks you over and then you're stuck with that reminder you know what happens it is whenever you see somebody with a full blacked out sleeve <laughs> that's what that's happens. exactly what happened we, i've had a guy on the uh mike egan was on the podcast and he told the story i'm fairly certain he told the story in the podcast. okay <laughs> his girlfriend and his tattoo artist cheated on oh, him oh no so his whole sleeve was by a guy that he just... And That's horrifying. Yeah, something... Is, something You can go back and listen to that oh, episode. Oh, man, I will. <laughs> to fact check. But, oh, and, but this is okay. something that I've seen a number of times. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, your whole arm is just black now because of... But sometimes they end up liking it, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes it, I like the giant dark 
splotches yeah, it, that people have. I think again, it, <laughs> whatever becomes like self empowerment, I I suppose is a beneficial thing. Yeah, but even that black arm is a reminder. Yeah, it's a reminder forever. <sighs> That's why it's important. I mean, things like that you could never really predict. No, of course right? not. Right? So it's like, yeah. But as long as like the pieces have some sort of and i don't i think anybody could go get a tattoo of whatever they want whenever they want without any like attachment to it mm-hmm. but the idea of having some sort of forethought into it like yeah. and you don't you, i <laughs> hate talking about my tattoos like when people ask oh why'd you get that oh but, and it's the same thing like with the paintings like oh, but, yeah. uh, i think this thing and then like i saw this and you know whatever i read this thing and but like people still fucking want to know. Well, yeah, I think it's hard to not talk about people's tattoos to them when you're interested. Yeah, but it's, it's still it's good to <laughs> it's good to have like a backstory. I think in terms of that thing of like like people usually who cover their tattoos probably just got a tattoo for like uh, external reasons for mm-hmm. like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a beauty thing. Yeah, you know, like fashion over function. Mm-hmm. Where like all I. And not to sound like I'm fucking high and mighty, but like a, a majority of my tattoos have like a function of yeah. something that like occurred in life. That's like some sort of like remembrance Yeah. that is also like everything has like two sides. So like things can be just the beauty. Mm-hmm. But I, I think sometimes it's important in, ter- in terms of like not ending up hating something later on. Yeah. That's I'm so surprised how many ready made tattoos i see in the yeah. ready-made sleeves yeah it's really that's crazy. something that's something that changed right like yeah. you know like 2000 when like and i'm still like again like i'm sounding holier than now what? but what? you know like yeah. i've got like small pieces in a built sleeves up over time like yeah. over you know a period of fucking like 15 years where a lot of kids that i noticed you know around my age yeah. you know at the time were just filling up their arms with like Japanese traditional tattoos That's just so that they could referring to yeah. yeah just so that they could fill up and yeah. of course you know that's external. It looks like they're just trying to fill up their arm, which, yeah. you know, part of it could be that. But at the same time, they could have their own personal reasons that they could attach to things. Perhaps they po- do. Even <laughs> afterwards. I hope that they do. <laughs> no, I, yeah, right. I, I assume it probably has to happen. Um, yeah. But I'm, you know, there's a lot of bullshit out there. There is. But, I mean, to each their own. If they want, if that's what they feel like they need. Yeah, it just gives us something to talk shit about. I know. Speaking of forethought, I have been recently thinking a lot about getting one small tattoo based on forethought and only. I just want some kind of small reminder that I have to look at to think before I talk. I have a really hot temper, and it oftentimes just, that's one of the things my... Uh, Instagram name refers to I feel like I'm always regretting some dumb shit that I said <laughs> or something I overreacted to and it's always a flash and then I go back to being myself and uh, yeah I'd like something to remind me to stop <laughs> that's uh, it's interesting you bring that up I uh, I have a number of things that I'll post uh, like in the internet world that I'll only leave up for a certain period of I time do too. <laughs> because it's in that emotional. St- There's something to be said about the addiction to that mm-hmm. uh, adrenaline dump mm-hmm. that comes from that. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is what leads people to maybe people like you and I to act on that adrenaline yeah, or like <laughs> act as a way to, and I don't think it's like a conscious thought. I think it's more a subconscious sort mm-hmm. of thing, 
but there is like I actually really like feeling uncomfortable. You okay? I do, <laughs> and it's not that like it's not that I uh, like in uh, and I don't mean in like a social way per se. Like that, okay. I feel like like an outcast, uncomfortable. But I like uh, the idea of. Um, you like to challenge your own comfort zones. Yeah, and yeah. I think like speaking out against somebody else's like a uh, a common group opinion, sort of forces one to to sort of act out in a way. Yeah. Even if you don't necessarily like sometimes like I'll argue with people just because they have bold opinions. Yeah, me too. I might even <laughs> agree with some of what they say. Yeah. But I think sometimes I'll go challenge to get that excitement. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it, it might just be to not be bored. Yeah. I was going to say, I post things for a short amount of time sometimes just because I feel like interacting with people for a bit. So I'll put something up there, see who responds, chat with people a little, and then take it down. I'm not really comfortable any either with having a tremendous Instagram portfolio for people to go through. It just makes me feel weird. I don't yeah, want I people to it. feel I, you that You got they some can, space. Yeah, but I, mm-hmm. I filter quite a bit of it yeah. out as well just because... First of all, I don't want someone to see me when I set up a tremendous amount of work and feel like they've seen it all already. So I don't want anyone to find my stuff and be able to go through all of it digitally. And also just, yeah, I don't know, it makes me feel weird to have too much up there to go through. That's something I've never really been concerned about. Yeah. And I think that's another, like, one of those, like, sort of business angles. But you've never been concerned about uh, having your I entire put, portfolio online? Yeah, I don't mind at all. In fact, I did. I as soon as something gets done, I want it up and uh, like into the world like right away. I really enjoy getting the instant reaction and knowing if how people feel about it right away. But I don't like that. I uh, I've shown work where people have seen it online. Even friends of mine, they're not really interested in them seeing it face to face. They're just like, oh yeah, I saw that yeah. one. And I think part I feel of that it takes away for people because I like we were talking about earlier. I think we're we're getting to a place where the two dimensional is uh, more real than the three dimensional. Yeah, yeah. So for uh, for a lot of people, if they've seen it on the internet, they've seen it. Yeah. And so it, yeah. But at the same time, the flip side of that coin, I also appreciate when somebody sees something that they only saw online mm-hmm. and their opinion completely changes. Yeah. So like, pers- uh, you know, like size perspective is often it's (laughs) like sometimes you'll think it's a little painting and it's a humongous or you think it's a huge painting and it's a little tiny painting yeah and that kind of creates a little bit of excitement as well i like that too um if you know you're going to intertwine into both sort of worlds yeah um and i think part of part of my personal opinion is the fact that not everybody gets to see the things in person yeah um and the I, I think sometimes the idea of uh, the gallery walls being more important than some other sort of venue mm-hmm. is something that's starting to change. Because, yeah. um, I mean, before, I, you, you know, it was like you were seeing stuff in magazines, mm-hmm. you know, of course, well after afterwards. There's a, I've been the type who was never interested in surprises. OK. Yeah. So, like, I was I would. If it was Christmas time, I was talking my way into opening the gifts that were just sitting under the tree. It's, yeah. I never saw a point of waiting mm-hmm. for something. If there's gratification right there, there's no oh, sense in yeah. not just obtaining that gratification I right agree. away. <laughs> totally. So I, I think part of my comfortableness with, with doing, like just 
putting even like doing over the last couple of years i've done a lot of progress stuff like mm -hmm. in progress work and i see a lot of artists like talk shit about like it's almost like you're showing the secrets it's oh. like the magicians I you know? love seeing people's progress shots. I do too. Yeah. And I think part of the, it, that's something that we don't get to see because mm -hmm. everything's prior to the last 10 years has been sort of done in secret yeah. or, you know, not, not on purpose, but just in the nature of how yeah, things are done. You didn't have access to an artist's yeah. interior like And that. so now like this, it is a weird double-edged sword, like getting to know people in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, again, a curated sort of like, and if we're going through and like yeah. nitpicking our own self, like mm -hmm. sometimes I go clean up like my Twitter feed sometimes. Yeah. But it's usually like I go and like delete like ats like mm -hmm. or like responses to things and I'll like yeah. clean it up so it just looks like all my opinion. Yeah. But and then sometimes like, of course, make a typo. <laughs> I did like I think Sorry my last three things I had to like go and like take commas out or I so over comma. My grammar is terrible. Grammar is hard on these little tiny devices. <laughs> I hate it. Can I use that as an excuse yes, for of my course. bad grammar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> English was never a good subject for me. Mm. I know all the words. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think it's. it's I can becoming, read really well. In all honesty, it's, <laughs> whatever that means. It's becoming obsolete anyway. If you were really into grammar, you would just be irritated and holding on to something. That's I know, right? No like, what's all what's all valued? the rules for? I don't know. Let's just keep it real. Yeah, I think so. All I think as long as, rules. well, in a lot of ways, it can just be a method for people to judge other people and call them stupid for not being educated on a whole stupid set of rules. That yeah, they yeah, so yeah. Doesn't necessarily show intelligence as it much as it does just something you learned. I know. I think of all the people with degrees that are just dumb fucks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And incapable of thinking for themselves, which, what yeah. does that do you? Which, again, it's like that's sort of the challenge, right? Like yeah. challenging people who don't think for themselves. And not so much in that they do it on purpose, but there's just, you know, like a like a path of least resistance mm -hmm. sort of feeling. Sometimes you put that resistance out there and it's, uh, yeah, it comes back to haunt you sometimes or it becomes uh, like a little bit of a pressure, right? Yeah. Or that guilt that comes in a little, like you're like, fuck, I probably could have dealt with that better. Oh, I have a lot of guilt. <laughs> I know. Were you raised Catholic? I was. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a big, I, <laughs> I always say that's the first step to becoming an atheist. Yeah. I, th I, I think I'm agnostic. Yeah, well, that's if I, if that's what comes after atheism. No, that's what <laughs> yeah. it goes. Uh, Catholic, you you raise Catholic, you defy God at some point, usually by finding biology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, once you find biology, you become an atheist because you're like nothing is anything. Nothing, yeah, nothing makes any fucking sense. <laughs> Then you realize that atheism in and of itself is a religion mm -hmm. in that it's another dogmatic belief. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you're only basing your belief on the disbelief of somebody else's belief. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of like attached to the empirical God because totally. you're attached to saying that it doesn't exist exist. And it's still the same silly idea that I'm this tiny thing and I think I understand everything or I think that I'm <laughs> yeah. capable of understanding how everything works. Which then the next step is Buddhism. <laughs> Then from Buddhism becomes, there's this sort of agnosticism that comes in sort of Buddhism principle. Mm -hmm. in but there is, of course, dogmatic and sort of deity-based stories and that sort of thing. Yeah. But the 
this sort of base structure leads into agnosticism and you realize like what the fuck i don't know shit yeah and then actually somewhere in between those spots is physics physics really physics might lead more into agnosticism than like it's buddhism and physics sort of (laughs) swirling around (laughs) together (laughs) i agree (laughs) did i did i lay it out properly i think so were you raised catholic or you just yeah oh okay so you're you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know the drill. Right. In fact, I was just I went to um, some MMA fights mm-hmm. up in Escondido on this like cow f- like horse farm. Okay. The wind blew and it just smelled like manure, like an outdoor MMA fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amateurs and pros, but I was there for to watch my buddy fight in the amateur fight. Very crazy. Um, but I went in one of the porta potties there. And as soon as I stepped in, it completely reminded me of um, uh, confession. Confession, really? Like because it smells like shit. Well, it was, it was horrible, <laughs> but it also like the little like vent, like mm-hmm. the the window things yeah. around the tops of the portable. I was like, hey, portables are kind of like confession. Like, <laughs> I'm terrified of porta potties. I despise them. I would so much rather pee in a bush, and it makes me so angry that I can't pee in a bush and anyone's dog can pee in a bush and i have to go in there <laughs> and pee on top of someone's poop which i'm terrified of i can't do it <laughs> I, I had to pee outside in north park this weekend yeah i couldn't make it from the drive back to the house guys it's easy though you all no i know just face a wall or face a corner yeah and you're good to go yeah it still feels like you're doing something wrong though like you're pee like i peed in somebody's like parking <laughs> lot you know like yeah if somebody has to smell it later like if it smells like beer and yeah. it stinks like piss like i'm kind of doing a little bit of harm to somebody I in some so, way but i don't know that human pee smells any worse than dog pee and no one thinks it's terrible that dogs pee all over the place or cats yeah we all gotta pee it's only fair yeah, yeah. we have to pee <laughs> i think you can get some like in some serious trouble for you can for get pee. a big ticket and it, it's upsetting. i think you can even get like like sex crime like oh, for uh, exposing yourself yeah yeah oh, i think awful. i think i feel like somebody that i know had something similar, like they were peeing it like on a trolley line or yeah. something, and oh, that's terrible. Because there are so many places like you can be uh, downtown, say San Francisco or New York City, where no one will let they all the bathrooms say out of order, even though they're yeah. not, and yeah. no one will let you use the restroom anywhere, and it's inhumane. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we have a spot downtown that is like, like a fully public. Yeah, I but hope so. I don't know of it. It's something we don't ever talk about on the show, like the, <laughs> the accessibility oh, to, yeah. to, and I uh, obviously that's a real issue because yeah. you get the fuck. That's so so bad for the homeless, like to have to deal. Like that's San Francisco people just shit on the street. Yeah, you're not. I was in the mission mm-hmm. for my last show, spotless, clean, like totally safe feeling. Yeah, which felt bad. It didn't feel very good. But it also it felt, felt okay. Yeah. yeah, it was very strange. Totally different there. Yeah, you were just up there, no? No, or a while ago. No, yeah, I have a friend that lives See? up there, so I visit. Sometimes. You posted something on Instagram, so it's like it just oh, happened, yeah, right? Oh yeah, you know where I was. Uh, that was in February, I think. Okay. So a while back. You uh you I see you do like post some graffiti stuff. You got graffiti friends. Do you have, have like graffiti, graffiti influence? Do you? Yeah. I saw you painted something big outdoors recently. I no? did. I painted with uh, Carly Ely uh, down at the Maker's Quarter. That was really She's fun. been on the show? She's awesome. Mm-hmm. I had the show at Low Gallery with her, which was how right. I met her. Right, right. Which I think was the first time I saw your work in person, actually. Awesome. 
that was one of the first shows I really had like that. That was really fun to do. Yeah. I liked it. They just had their one-year anniversary over there. I missed it. I think yeah, I, I went over and made an appearance. Awesome. The show I did their good. very first show. Rad. It's a cute spot. I like it a lot. Yeah, they're selling work, too. Yeah. It's good. It's I awesome. Ha- you know, I knew Megan when she used to run Magpie. I don't know. In South Park uh, a while ago. Um, but she she moved and then moved Before back. Before or after <coughs> the woman with the short black hair ran it. Because Magpie was next to Citizen Video, right? Yes. I worked there. At Citizen Video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was her. That was Megan and her husband. Oh, okay. Right? I'm, I'm thinking the I'm saying the right name to the yeah it's a, it was like a taco shop then the little video store yeah then her little shop yeah that was her she might have had black hair back then okay I don't know all right I think maybe someone else owned it and then she owned it there that them. could be yeah, I think I I worked there when there was a different owner I don't think I met Megan until I had a show at her spot yeah well I knew her from whenever that you know that very well could happen oh, yeah. I don't know but yeah so Carly uh you know Carly's with Chris Konecki who uh-huh. is the He's in charge of who gets to paint that amazing space down there, and so she asked me if I wanted to paint with her, and I did. It was so fun. And I've, I've, I've hung out with graffiti writers for years. I draw all over shit, but I yeah. really don't dabble in spray paint because it's an expensive sport, and yeah, I don't yeah. have that kind of expendable income. But that was really so. Da- fun. Does that and become part well. of your medium as well, like the availability of materials? Oh yeah, and I like that. I like the interplay of what I can get my hands on and. It does a lot in the, if you've seen a little bit of the portraiture that I do, that's more uh, layered mixed fabrics. Mm-hmm. That's always, yeah, just a collaboration with that's what I'm able to find. I was really enjoying the those pieces that you're incorporating, like uh, textured or like printed fabrics oh, into the work. I, and yeah. I assume you're, you're sewing those pieces in and then drawing over the top or vice they're, versa. Yeah, they're sewing in as I go. It's, it's fun. It's uh, it's a lot more time consuming than my I would imagine. Drawings, of course, <laughs> and it's funny. Like for me as a painter, I think of everything in that sort of aspect. Like how I would fill something in is completely different. I guess you're you have to work sort of in a a collage, yeah, sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Even though I I wouldn't categorize it as such, but it you know you got to cut all your pieces and put them into place yeah and i'm just kind of cutting them as i go i'm really it, the way you're in. able to move around and make line drawings like pretty accurate to you know size and dimension like it seems like a very difficult process it was a lot of practice yeah when i first started a lot of hours. Doing it, when i describe it to people when i first started you ever play with one of those like novelty pencils that's gigantic uh-huh. my drawings <laughs> look like i was working <laughs> yeah. with one of those for a long time but like I was saying earlier, from the pretty much the first day I started doing it, I got really addicted, which is I have an addictive personality yeah. and it worked in my favor. So I was doing it like eight to ten hours a day, every day for a while. And uh, that's how I managed to be able to get it to look how I wanted to. I almost became a hunchback in the process. I had a doctor tell me that the top of my spine was flattening out, so oh I don't no. sew as often as I used to at work. Dang, at least in the that might be block happening. hours that I used to. <laughs> yeah, as we both sit uh, up straighter. Everything goes on crack, 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 <laughs> yeah. crack, crack. But it, it took a while. Yeah, I can imagine. Because I, I look at it and make all sorts of assumptions on how things are done, of, yeah, course. of course. I imagine you have to be able to go back and forth over a line more than once oh, is yeah. that mm-hmm. you know so you got to be able to trace back over 
the yeah. area that you just went. Mm-hmm. See, something like that seems incredibly difficult. Well, like in terms of like how you have to, b- it's a it's a different set of muscle movements, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's really tight, so it's like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Do you get a lot of shoulder problem? I get a lot like, of shoulder problems. Like the muscles and like collarbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when I was like when I was doing it for that many hours every day, I would get uh, sh- neck pains where then I couldn't move my neck for three days, and I would just sit on the couch and read books. Do you ever go to the stretch. chiropractor? No, I have never. I tell you what, I used to get a lot of pinched nerves, like mm-hmm. in in between my shoulder blades, mm-hmm. which is about where I hunch over at, like, <laughs> and I keep my shoulders like tucked tight yeah. up to my up to my ears, and it, it's a similar thing except I'm just trying to keep everything still <laughs> except for like the rotation of my wrist, yeah, or whatever. Um, but when I started training jujitsu, I was getting more and more pinched nerves because I was folding up over, you know, getting my neck tweaked and yeah. like like my spine is moving in a different way that it wasn't used to mm-hmm. and so the the vertebrae were just getting a little bit out of alignment and pinching the nerves and just causing bashed around <laughs> dude, it would be so bad like if i couldn't get out of bed like oh. i couldn't like use any of the muscles to like pull my oh. back up you know That's awesome. and of course my abs weren't as great as they are right now my mm-hmm. my ab <laughs> yeah and so I was like, fuck it. I got to try to do something. Yeah. And there's a, a chiropractor right up the street who had, it was just only $19 to, oh, to get an alignment. And I'll tell you what, it like changed everything. Rad. I had Carly tell me the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally, it's just your spine just gets a little bit out of alignment and ends up causing, you know, people will talk about like energy flows mm-hmm. and that sort of shit. I don't know what that necessarily means or what all the science is there, or what people are talking about necessarily, but yeah. there seems to be some sort of truth to what people are talking about in terms of like how, if one part of the system is a little bit out of whack, that yeah, it has an effect on other oh, things, yeah. you know? So I found like, so I, w- I was walking one day and I saw myself in like a reflective mirror Mm-hmm. And I was like, my ass was like sticking like really far out, You're you really know, like Daffy Duck in it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I'm waddling with like yeah. the little. Yeah. And I was like, that's not fucking right. Like, I, it seems like my back was like arched all the way in. I yeah. was like, my shit is fucked up. <laughs> so l- like that week I went, I was like, hey, I got to fucking figure this out. Yeah. I walked by the same reflective mirror the day after and noticed a complete different posture in oh, nice. that just like you know we get to like for me my feet will get off like one will be longer than the you know one leg will be longer than the other but it's actually it's not so much that my legs are longer than the other mm-hmm. it's that my right hip will start to like oh. pull back okay partly like how i sit you know when mm-hmm. i sit in the chair i always have my foot tucked up underneath my leg me too and it, again it's that like to get everything like solid yeah. like just like how like, if you had one foot down now it'd be just I like sew that with my right leg obviously on my pedal and i i try to I, to not do it now because i've my started to have a lot of numbness in my left calf because i wrap really tightly my left leg around the leg of the chair uh-huh. <laughs> with the chair bashing into my leg <laughs> <laughs> now i have to try not to do it because i think i was doing some nerve damage <laughs> well you know, 
I sit with this one tucked up underneath my other leg, mm-hmm. and now it's super beneficial for jujitsu because oh it's way flexible. Yeah. So my right leg, I could almost like put it up behind my head. Oh, that's right. My <laughs> left leg barely moves at all. It's like I have just like a piece of timber <laughs> attached to it, like that's like funny. a peg leg. It barely moves. But there are certain moves in jujitsu that you really need to be able to like you know to be able to put your foot like against your forehead, like pull yeah. it that far. And Dude. I can easily do it with that one just from drawing all the time do you balance in any yoga to stay i tried it a little bit i i got too bored with it like i really appreciated the breathing aspects of it like Mm -hmm. learning how to breathe properly was very because my sinuses are all fucked up so Mm -hmm. all the time and so like i could barely breathe out of my nose like it just occasionally like one nostril would be open enough to be able to breathe yeah so i'm definitely not utilizing my lungs at their their best you know the yeah. at full capacity and i learned like the way like the di- the different like breathing in the chest mm-hmm. breathing in the stomach like breathing in the middle you know and it's I, really calming and centering yeah well. i found that yeah. when i'm in panic mode mm-hmm. in jujitsu specifically yeah that like doing that will allow me to like and i think it's just it helps me get the oxygen back into the blood or you know Completely. like of course it calms me down if i'm in like a like a panic spot yeah and but it also it like makes me like get my my energy back as mm-hmm. well which is it was, i found super beneficial yeah. but at the end of it every time i was like okay do we get a you know do we get a roll now do we get a like fight yeah. at the end <laughs> we never you, got to <laughs> uh have you ever tried bikram you might like that it's it's definitely not boring and it's yoga it's intense it's not so much that i it's it, i found it very difficult okay it, it, I don't mean boring in that like it was simple. Mm-hmm. It was hard to do. It, it was like a real good workout. Yeah. I just uh I would I found myself wanting more mm-hmm. somehow like like more entertainment. Yeah, value. I understand. But not I think it's great. Like I I use the stretches a lot like a few of the positions work like my hips are always really my hip flexors are always really tight. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's nice to fucking loosen them up with some yeah. of that stuff. Just the doing it for one hour like just ended up uh, in fact my jujitsu teacher teaches yoga too oh, rad. yeah so he was a br- he was running a class for a while but um I, I took it for a bit but i ended up stopping just because i wanted to do other things yeah but it's good i i, I it definitely has i like it benefits i i would like to be more flexible in the left leg but at this point yeah, i think yeah. i'm kind of I'm tightened up pretty well. <laughs> Can you switch? Are you able to paint with the other leg? I've back? tried it. It doesn't work. No, it's like yeah, instant it's pain to, to the yeah. It's and I don't have the same like platform. Yeah, it's something about having like a steady base, like more of a platformed base yeah. to sit in and like to like square up and. It's hard know. to change the way you do things too, because I because I'm trying to help my posture. I try to draw at a desk and I can't do it. I draw in a ball on the couch. That's how I've always drawn. <laughs> and it's so hard for me to sit at a desk and draw. I used to draw on the floor all the time. Minutes. That's fun. Laying down flat on the floor. Yeah. That's not, that starts to fuck with the shoulders too. I like but that's like little kid style. And I think I, I kept it. that for a long time. I love to work on the floor and only now in my new shop. I don't do it because I have cockroaches. And every <laughs> time I try to do something on the floor, a cockroach crawls at me. So I can't uh, like, I can't get into the right head space because yeah. i'm on guard <laughs> that's um I, I i'll paint down on all fours sometimes yeah. too like i love to work on the floor yeah i like also love to sit on the floor out. if i go to someone's house i'm usually on the floor do you like the womb chair the, the womb yeah. chair is pretty nice right i do it's really nice <laughs> it's cozy 
Um, so since we just recently met, you also invited me to do uh, a piece for the Dirty Show. Yes. Dirty, filthy, dirty. Dirty, dirty filthy show. I'm excited uh, about that. At La Bodega coming up uh, here in a couple weeks yeah, now. Yeah, October 18th. Yeah. Uh, one few night weeks. only, which will be really fun. I'm excited. Uh, this is the second one you've done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what well, was the first one I didn't curate. This is the first one that I'm curating. And but you did some, you did some pieces. I did. The last one that we had, I had done all these very dirty paintings and uh-huh. I had nowhere to show them. So I think Chris kind of put together the first one for that, but he was in charge of inviting artists and um, I came to set up my work and people were turning in work that wasn't that dirty and me being myself and having no filter. I was just like, these aren't fucking dirty enough. <laughs> Tell these people to take these paintings home. And he's laughing saying, I know they're not dirty enough. I don't know why these people are just turning in boobs or whatnot. Yeah. And so he asked me if I wanted to curate the next one with him. And I excitedly said yes and started pestering all my friends. <laughs> to yeah. Do nice. For, yeah. So who are you? You. You got a bunch of like the local San Diego for this one. Yeah, folks, I have yeah. pretty much all of my favorite San Diego artists right. lined up. I'm really excited about it. Um, something. So I've I've been thinking like hard, like trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do? Me too, because I just so did it three months ago. <laughs> really? It was only <laughs> and I didn't do pieces specifically for it. It was work that I already had that yeah. had nowhere to display. And now being put on the spot and knowing also this one's a little bit of a competition because we're doing a prize for the dirtiest one and we're all in it to kind of outdo yeah. each other. Yeah. I really froze up at first. Now I figured out what I'm going to do. You got your you got your shit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's explain. So yes. uh, there's a door charge to get. It was a, a dollar to get in. It's going to be a dollar door charge to get in. You're going to get a ticket in exchange for your dollar and you're going to vote with your ticket for what you think is the dirtiest piece. And so you're going to put your dollar into a giant cartoon money bag when you come into the door to who is the person who's running the door. And then the piece that has the most tickets is that artist is going to go home with a giant cartoon bag full of money and either go to the strip club or go buy a couple hundred dollars Uh, for the groceries and ones or whatever they're going to do with it. So here lies the (laughs) dilemma. Yes. (laughs) So as somebody who's a gambler. Yes. Who likes to deal (laughs) in logic in some sort of sense of the word. Yeah. You start to think, okay, what do we do here? Yeah. Do we <laughs> so and again as artists yes. who show their work to make a living. Yes. Uh do you go fully outside of the box? Like just as far out into yeah. outer space <laughs> as you can go? Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's unlikely that maybe something of that extreme nature will be most likely there's a chance of it being unsellable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very good chance. Absolutely. Which is always a chance with anything that you mm-hmm. do, of course. But when you have a particular uh, thing like this that we're yeah. talking about, it could be even more difficult. Absolutely. Uh, which is something that somebody was just talking about themed group shows, mm-hmm. like uh, like but things that are like promoting a movie. or oh, like. I think we've all talked about this. I'm sure you have and every other artist. I know you've been involved in several group shows where you do a piece that – you put a lot of time into because you're showing with a lot of other good artists uh-huh. and you want to show up, and, but it's something that you don't really have a personal connection to. And afterwards, it doesn't fit in with your work. You have yep. nothing to do with it and it just sits in your closet. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's definitely <laughs> one of the angles because I'm sure, you know, in this day and age, we're all short of time. Like we're working, oh, yeah, as, you know, course. like you said, like work is pretty much nonstop. It's just, yeah. you know, going for it. So one has to ask themselves, do I make something off the fucking wall mm-hmm. 
which is enticing. Yes. Because <laughs> there's some a little bit of freedom to that mm-hmm. in that you could just be fucking super weird. Yeah. Uh B, do you make something that's sexually explicit mm-hmm. to a certain and uh, we'll get into that as well because that definition now has become very watered down. Yeah. Um that is sellable that may also win you yeah. the door prize. The prize. Because, you know, if you make something nice, it might draw enough attention just in being a nice piece that yeah. it also gets the votes because yeah, that's enticing some to somebody. Pick just right. Their favorite thing. Yeah. Right. C, <laughs> do you make something that could maybe sell? I, yeah, I think I thought along all of these lines myself when I was thinking about it. And I was coming up with all these ideas that were outlandish that yeah, would yeah, yeah, shock yeah. and disgust people. But then I just felt, well, that's not really me. And yeah, also, yeah. I don't want to make people hate me. And then you're also <laughs> being judgmental, right? Because if you're doing something that we're perceiving as disgusting or like vulgar or yeah. these like sort of negative connotations. Yeah. Are we sort of putting that thing down and like making it seem like it, it is a taboo and should be yeah. kept as such? Because I've come, I came up with some gross shit and yeah. then I was like, well, what if there's a person out there who is that that thing that like I'm describing and that's where their sexuality lies? Well, then it depends how how you go about doing the piece because you, that piece might appeal to that person. And they might finally find uh, something that they like. Yeah, you, you could you could so, say that. Yeah. I, I went through all that and then um, I was getting a little anxious about it and just thinking, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for this show. And then I realized I'm just going to do something personal. So I'm doing something personal. <laughs> that was sort of where I led to yeah. like this idea that, OK, so we're in this modern porn age yes. where taboos that were taboos let's say 15 years ago are no longer as such. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people refer to us being in like the, the anal age where like anal sex on screen is such commonplace. Whereas if you looked 15 years ago at porn, it was more like the rarity. Yeah. Um, and not saying that one should be either. Yeah. But, in looking at it in context of what is now more socially acceptable, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I, I say that that there is a benefit to that. Of course, there's always like some negative connotations that, that come yeah. along with those things. Um, when, when trying to come up with an idea for the show, it's like, okay, what is, what is dirty? Yeah. Like what is dirty? And part of me thought self exposure Mm-hmm. is maybe the most taboo because just showing uh like let's say i did a, a portrait of some porn star or something mm-hmm. uh it's not as personal mm-hmm. it, it's it's it doesn't have as much value in terms of being something dirty because yeah. it's something that's like an everyday oh, for hi- him or her yeah. uh anybody could find it you know it's not yeah. it's it's commonplace mm-hmm. In that's in that you know grouping yeah. of people, but for people who aren't in porn, mm-hmm. and you know it's funny like we're there was just a bunch of leaked celebrity leaked nudes, mm-hmm. and we're in this 
day and age where people are sharing themselves, like what, the, you know, who they are yeah. in their, you know. I think it's good for their publicity and whatnot, right? Well, that too. Like, uh, again, uh, back with the disinformation, like the way things work. But yeah. on some level, I think it's important that people are becoming less self-conscious of their body because we're I coming think. out of this sort of puritanical, mm -hmm. like religious right where your body is thought to be like this den of sin yeah. and you're supposed you know uh, particularly in our you know united states western culture mm -hmm. like there's a a tendency to shy away from sexual behaviors or even the expression mm -hmm. we see it with like people like miley cyrus who as soon as she becomes an adult and starts to express her sexuality there's some weird like turning mm -hmm. on people oh yeah and I think a lot of that comes from other people's insecurities about things. I think so. But I think this idea of self-exposure in this type of environment uh, might be the idea of dirty that yeah. that I think maybe encapsulates the well, show. Also, I think that a man exposing himself is far dirtier than a woman exposing right? herself. Right, which is an interesting thing that I talk about a lot, particularly in art. Yeah. You know, uh, they just had a show at Low Gallery that there was a lot of penis exposure Good, on the low sculptures. Good, there's not penis out there <laughs> in and art or film or anything. I, I think. And there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Like in I don't terms, know. <laughs> I think that uh, a lot of times it's seen as aggressive. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times, like let's say in film, I think there there's nudity in film all the time there's you know yeah. women's breasts all the, all time. the time there's very rarely penises in films i know um and whenever one shows up it's like there's a penis in yeah, the film and you're shocked have you seen a uh, nymphomaniac yes there's a lot of penises yes. in nymphomaniac. <laughs> um oh yeah did, did we discuss that you didn't like the film huh no i don't think Was we that? talked about it okay. i liked it yeah. yeah 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 um and so i think one there's self-consciousness mm -hmm. that exists for men and like the size of their penis is like like a real issue for well, and there should be because there's so much self-consciousness involved with women because we're constantly presented with these perfect images yeah. of naked women you know what it i is think a, you guys should be subjected to the same thing honestly but isn't <laughs> that's something that i find funny from particularly like uh like feminist groups i love when i hear a feminist call somebody like a small dick like <laughs> when they use that like a bot because yeah. it ends up being body shaming yes. and i think it is body you know That's a particularly good for people who maybe aren't like misogynistic type mm -hmm. assholes who yes. maybe are self-conscious about themselves because yeah. they see these like this perception from women in a mm -hmm. particular way yeah. that there's a lot of fear from men uh about how they're going to be judged or like Absolutely. that it's some sort of stature like how like much of a man you are like that's totally. been something forever, forever right yeah and so that's a taboo for i think for some people yeah you know Absolutely. Um, so like, like that's something interesting penis size and penis in general is tied into everything yeah it's I mean, very there's strange a reason rockets and bullets and everything are yeah penis yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. obelisks <laughs> yeah. and shit yeah <laughs> And it's so, like, I think that's an interesting angle to take. Yeah, um, I think so, too. But, again, like anything, could be misconstrued. Yeah. Uh, there could definitely be, like, a view of narcissism, like a, a self-love yeah. sort of thing. Which, mm -hmm. I think the idea of, of ex um, showing masturbation in a context like this... Mm -hmm. uh, 
is a is another interesting sort of angle. That's what all of my pieces in the last show were. All masturbation. All female masturbation. Yeah. I think there that sort of self exposure mm -hmm. is and the the self gratification of it is an interesting angle to take for a show like this. Yeah. Um but there's a lot of things that would just be like too kitschy or too like too obvious. Absolutely. Yeah, but and I, we've had to put that disclaimer out. If people come up with something and it's just too banal or it's too easy, it's not gonna hang. <laughs> Yeah, that's a it's a, and it's it's a weird fine line yeah. if you're not like really uh, like examining yeah. it, you know, in, in context of the rest of society. Yeah, but I think that we all have all of this weirdness wrapped up in our sexuality that we keep to ourselves. So I hope that people do use it as an outlet to have one chance to put some of their weirdness into. Uh into it <laughs> i'm so stressed out about it don't be stressed out i'm sure whatever you do is going to be great yeah <laughs> but now like it it feels like what you're saying like here's an opportunity to maybe do something that doesn't fit into yeah. the rest of the things that you do but, but but you still have to do something that you like well, i'm not telling you no. you have to but as anyone of course you, know, you don't want to do something that you don't and like or that you don't feel connected to at it's all it's so, so subjective like yeah. let's say somebody who's in the show like maybe they've only had one partner their entire life and have a very sort of secluded idea of I sexual relationships someone who that's the case for <laughs> yeah so like for them th their angle might be completely different than totally. you know and i would hope so <laughs> yeah but there's no other way yeah but is do you and feel like you so would you still be like have to be judgmental with them like so like if like boobs were like really a big deal uh, to somebody yeah that's true you that know because hard. we're putting our own sort of spin on what yeah what is and isn't totally taboo i keep using the word taboo because yeah. it seems like the it's sort fitting of, yeah 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 i know that's hard you don't want to tell someone else well your version of dirty isn't dirty but yeah like <laughs> if you had a virgin who has never had a sexual experience yeah and ask them to make something yeah of course it's gonna be like a some type of I know fantasy thing, but it might be something totally different. I know. And I've had some people tell me that they, that they want to be in the show and express interest in their people whose work I really like, but I'm just a little weary thinking to myself, well, I know you and I'm very familiar with your work and I don't know that this is necessarily going to be a good fit for you or yeah, that you're going to yeah. come there with me. And, but I mean, um, that's part of the deal with being a curator yeah. on some aspects. You got to kind of totally. And there's filter. an il illustrator that I love that I really wanted to be in the show that, he said he just didn't he didn't feel like he could do anything for it and i respect that i was very disappointed yeah but yeah i you know not everybody wants to express that or and i do think it, i think it's difficult <laughs> for a lot of people i think so because i'm sure a lot i guarantee you that a lot of people will do stuff that's maybe in the vulgar yeah thing but it might not be that personal yeah well i don't know i, I mean i guess i'm making a, a broad judgment yeah, but I think any anything that you come up with is going to be in Has some to. way personal. Yeah. It's going to lead back to something. It's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how. So I'm really interested to see what people come oh up with. Oh, my Lord. October 18th? <laughs> I'm excited, yes. La Bodega? La Bodega from 6 to 10, one night only. So it'll only hang for that night, and then it's got to come down. The last show, we had a piece up that a friend of mine did a long time ago. It was not scheduled to be in the show, but I put it up in the last minute. 
and some woman who worked at the taco shop next door didn't go to work for three days because it was offending her so much. <laughs> that's that's might that might be better than the door prize, <laughs> yeah. than the selling or like having know, a piece that he works. didn't make a piece for that show, and I'm pressuring him so hard to make one for this one. I keep <laughs> begging him. <laughs> Rad. All right, well let's um let's get people what your uh we'll put your Instagram out again. Okay, uh Rachmones uh R A C H M O N E S. Rach Monet. Yes. <laughs> My name is not Rachel. <laughs> Jacqueline, it was a pleasure to get to know you yeah. a little bit better. Thank I you really for coming over it. and uh Thank chatting you. with us. Hopefully that beginning work is all still there. Uh, we'll Hopefully see. I looked down right when it went off and uh, I have it right to the edge. We'll have to see what happens. But we got a, we got an hour, we got an hour 10 in after that, so. That was fun. There's plenty of blabbing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do a uh, real life dap. Yes, Bang. Sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you.